This is the Morning Rush. Coming up on today's show, we'll look at last night's All-Star Game in Colorado. We'll look at tonight's Game 4, because we have two of the NBA Finals in Milwaukee. Major League Baseball is going to get rid of some of the pandemic rules. And Mike, I'm fairly certain you're happy about that. Uh, I as, as I am as well. Yeah. Also happy, at least I am, and we'll get Mike's take as well, on okay. uh, some ESPN personalities uh, uh. kind of swinging back at Stephen A. Smith and his take on Shohei Otani. So all that and more uh, coming up in the next two hours of the show. Good morning to you. How the heck are you? So glad to have you on board. Uh, so glad you could take some time to tune in and hang out as we kick off this Wednesday hump day morning. Several ways to get involved on the show, as always. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at uh, WCMD Morning Rush. Uh, my page at Rush Tony C. Mike's page at Mike Burke MDT, correct? Correct. I got it right. Yes. You are correct, sir. Yes. <laughs> on the Book of Faces. At WCMD Cumberland Radio, all of those pages, including Mike's, free and open to the public. Like them, follow them. Anytime you want, drop us a line. Message, question, comment, opinions. They are encouraged. Get involved on the show. Rush line is open, 301-759-2628. Your chance to dial and dance. Shum on. Mm. That was better than yesterday. 301-759-2628. And, of course, uh, our podcast page on the free Podbean app. Yes, uh, We upload every show every day, minus commercials. And go back and check out any show, any part you may have missed. It's all right there for you. It's for your convenience because I'm not listening to it again. That's just, <laughs> that's just for you in case you miss any of the show. Again, just download that free Podbean app uh, on your phone, tablet, or other uh, such device. All right. Uh, let's kick off today's show, Mike, because we kick off every show okay. with a rock around the region. I want to rock! And we'll start with, well, really the only thing that went down <laughs> yesterday, Major League Baseball. Uh-huh. The 91st All-Star Game was held last night in Colorado. American League won for the eighth straight time, 5-2. Mm-hmm. Uh, to two. The Nationals, Max Scherzer, uh, started for the National League. And Reynolds shaded to left center, a touch. The 2-2. Swing and a foul tip into the mid. Of Real Muto, a strikeout for Scherzer, and they go one, two, three. And that was a call on ESPN Radio, as he said. Scherzer one, two, three, first inning, and then his night was done, as is usually the case in All Star games. Uh, the Pirates' Adam Frazier went one for two. He actually had the first hit for the National League in the fourth inning. Brian Reynolds went zero for two, but he came very, very close to hitting one out. I mean, very, very close. And how you don't do that in Colorado, I don't know. Uh, the Orioles' Cedric Mullins started in center field for the AL. He went 0 for 2, but did reach on an error, and he yeah. scored a run. Uh, everybody gets another two days off, which I think we established off the air, Mike. That used to be just one day, right? Like usually they started back on yeah, Thursday. They back usually in the started day. back on Thursday, yep. Got to have an extra day off now, I guess. What is this today, Wednesday? Today's Wednesday. Yeah, so they start back Friday. Yeah, yeah they start back Friday. Uh, Nationals open a weekend series against the Padres in D.C. on Friday. The Pirates will play a three-game set against the Mets at PNC Park, and the Orioles will start the second half on the road because that's where they want to be on the road against uh, Kansas City. That's true. And that is your Rock Around the Region brought to you by the Caporale Group. I am home. 
<laughs> oh my god. I hate you. <laughs> now this is going to be in my head all day. Oh my god. Isn't that wonderful? I just wonder <laughs> I how many of the I had to do it. Let me think. Let me see if I can do some quick math here. 21 and 20. I just wonder how many like 45, 46 year old women out there named Mandy are listening <laughs> and just appreciating you, Tony C, as, as I know I am now. If, if I had to guess, uh, none. That, you know, it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> we're all in the middle of lockdown and, you know, looking out the windows and watching Korean baseball and, yeah. and, uh, I just like can't. I, I turned on the radio and Mandy was playing. It was the seventies <laughs> on the seven, and it's like I got it. Oh, I finally got this stinking song out of my head. So naturally, and I brought I, it back, baby. I, I, well, no, well, I had to infect you with it. I, I, I had not, you know, hadn't really talked to you in quite some yeah, time. I right. shot you a text, and yes, and now thanks to you, it's back. When I, I had to bring it back. When I uh, 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 enjoy the cocktail hour, this will <laughs> haunt me as I empty my cups before the long walk home. Too funny. <laughs> Mandy. Barry well Mandy. played, Tony C. Thank you. Thank well you played. Much. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. It's one of those, it's one of those, uh, those earworm songs. You get it in your head, and boy, it's hard. It's just hard to I, shake. Well, I know, and, it's, and you don't want it in your head. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Unfortunately. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. What a guy. I can just, I'm going to go home and put on my puppy sleeves. <laughs> oh. You know, speaking of, you didn't. I write the songs, damn it. That's right. He did write the songs, didn't he? <laughs> I can't. What was, it, what was the? I write the songs that makes uh, the world cry or something. Or the the, whole, whole, world the sing. whole world sing, or cry. If now, I now I'm gonna have every Barry Manilow <laughs> song in my head. I mean, he. he listen, is there that, are people it, listening right now it, under the age of thirty. Have no idea no who. Clue. who no thankful, clue. They should thank their stars for it. <laughs> they, you know, listen. Whether that's your genre or not, I mean, the guy wrote some amazing songs. It's true. It's true. And he wrote so many and. You know, he, before he hit it big, he was he was churning out the commercials. Yeah. You know, the Dr. Pepper, the McDonald's. Right, I right. mean, just jingles you found yourself, you know, like tapping your toe to and and humming, you know. Right. It, Barry Manilow, I mean, he's an incredibly talented man. I mean, we're not suggesting otherwise. It's just like, right. you know. Is he, seem, is he still alive? Tomato, tomato. Right. I, he, I, I, I believe he is. I think I'd have remembered that if he had croaked. <laughs> so I, I, I think it's one of those deaths that you never forget. I think he's still alive. Fair enough. And uh, now, whatever you do, don't bring up Neil Diamond. Oh, big fan or no? Uh, oh, no, no, again, same, got, same okay, kind of I thing. I got you. I got you. you know, okay. His songs. And then when we found out what Sweet Caroline was about, it was kind of... Icky, right? You know, right, which right. Caroline Kennedy herself said, "I wish I hadn't known that." <laughs> but, uh, but I will say this: uh, now that we're talking, we segued into Neil Diamond. You ever see the movie Saving Silverman? Pieces and parts. You not, got you not have the whole to thing. See, it's hilarious. Okay, and he Neil Diamond's in it, and he plays himself. Oh, all right, okay. And it's one of those things. I mean, he, I, you could all you could do is just applaud him. 
because gotcha. he, he he went with the joke, you know, and it was it, it's a funny funny right. movie. Yeah, I've seen pieces and parts, but I haven't seen you it like to, start well, to finish. It's it's one of those movies at first you're thinking, why did I yeah. decide to sit down? It's probably this? like two o'clock in the morning, but then you just go through. Channel. You can't stop. can't turn it off. You can't stop, and it's funny. <laughs> Really funny movie. So there's there's our uh, movie recommendation. There you go. There is the uh, the movie review for the day. The morning rush goes to the movie. There you go. That would be an interesting uh, segment. Well, we'll have to do that. When we are people going back to the movies now? Are theaters even open? I don't even know. I don't know. I am too busy. I'm, I'm starting to see visiting other. Venues. Yes. We've just, when we established that yesterday. The, uh, the, the pub. <laughs> what you call them? Public spaces or public public uh, houses? Houses. There we go. There we go. I'm starting to see more and more movie trailers and stuff on TV because you didn't; those went away. Yeah, last year. Yeah, what would the point be? Yeah, those until they started getting them like straight to video, straight to demand, Stream, or straight to your yeah. stream to your yeah. TV. Yeah. But I'm starting to see more and more uh, previews and stuff coming out. So I think, and I'm, I'm fair. I don't know around here. But I'm fairly certain some theaters are starting to open up. People are starting to get back to that theater experience. Yeah, I, well, that'd, be, that'd be wonderful. I think the last movie I saw in, in the theater was right after I left, The Daily Planet. And uh, my friend D and I would, would go to matinees. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's just fun to go to the movies. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I was in a the theater. The, the last movie I saw was uh, Rocket Man. Didn't see that one. Never saw that one. Elton was, John. Yeah, I didn't see Oh, was that, was that any good? It was excellent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, there okay. was one scene I could have done without, but that's you know you know neither here nor there. Right. You know you know what you're signing up right. for when you go in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a fantastic movie. Yeah. yeah. I didn't see that one. I can't remember. Not like wow, it's been so long. Obviously, it wasn't last year. I cannot remember the last time I was in a the theater watching a movie. If I had to guess, which I, I am, because I'm a, I can't remember, is probably the uh, I'm a horror movie fan. I love horror movies. Uh, it's probably the Halloween remake from okay. like 20, maybe three years ago, I think. <laughs> three years ago, 2018. I tell you what, I know what you mean. And and the, the movie I saw before Rocket Man, it was a few years before that, the last movie before that. And I'm only telling you this real quick. Uh, we were getting ready, a couple friends of mine and I went to see the Star Wars movie that came out, Okay, you know, years later, like for old guys like me. This would have been Star Wars four, right? Know, okay, the, right. The ones in the middle of the prequel, I just that uh, yeah. not my cup yeah, of tea, right? So anyway, we're going to the movies. Bartender Misty says, uh, "What are you going to go to the movies for? Because I want to see this movie. Are you a Star Wars fan?" I said, "Not necessarily. Not big, you know, science right. fiction, but I, I, they're just great stories and adventures, and I like it, and it's fun." And she goes, "Well, my son went to see it." And I said, "Oh, did he like it?" He, she said, "Yeah, he, he, he cried when Han Solo was killed." Though <laughs> I'm like, "Jesus!" <laughs> well, just take those tickets and tear them right up. <clears throat> Not, well, I mean, thanks for that spoiler alert, Misty. Good job. <laughs> the, uh, that that, that uh, Harrison Ford agreed to do it. You kind of figured that you know <laughs> right, he was going right. to take one of the the laser things, whatever they're called. I think that would have merited a free drink. Tell but you the he, truth. I think I think I actually got one for that one. And uh, yeah. <laughs> But, and she goes, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, he cried when Han Solo died. Great. <laughs> Wasn't that a lyric to a song? It should be. It should be. <laughs> I'll tell you, we're putting out the, the T-shirts I this cried week. the day Han Solo died. <laughs> well, I got to look, this is going to be one of those shows uh, where it would have been really rough if I was by myself. 
Uh, so I'm thankful that you're across the desk for me. Because we're talking off the air about the night I had last night. Uh-huh. One of those nights, late basketball night. Right. Three hours sleep. I'm I'm staring down the barrel of a four day weekend after today. Yes. So I already have yes. already have one foot out the door. Yes. <laughs> As a matter, I don't even think I put both feet in the door when I got here this morning. I kept one I, foot I'm outside just the entire. Well, you let me in the door. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things, and I talk about it a lot on the air because it happens. Uh, you know, just playing two games up at Northern last night, summer league games, and we got a late start, which was a late exit. I'm hauling tail down the mountain. Yes. And uh, I probably, I don't know, I went to the house, and I looked at my wife, and I'm like, hello, goodbye, Psh, bed. Mm. Three hours later, here I <laughs> here I am again. Wow. Tired, worn out, so I apologize for my appearance and probably my well, smell as well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because the shower was Just a bath before you run out of town. No, that's not true at all. <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't think, you know, Vogue's coming in to shoot either one of us this morning, right? No. And I will say this. I think you look fine, and I'm happy to see you. Thank you. I'm still, you know, I'm just so happy to be here. And uh, so could we make this a noon show, though? I did want to say no. Um, That wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. Last night. The early mornings are rough. How's this for a segue? All right. Last night, I didn't watch the All-Star game. Neither did I. I watched some of it. And I mean, I, I looked at it, and the uniforms were, were enough. And, well, I'm glad you said that. And <laughs> and so I uh, raised my glass and uh, tippy toed up the steps, and I got a little more sleep than I did thanks to uh, what's his face, Trey Mancini, keeping me up the night before. Right, 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 right. Now, uh, last night's All Star game, I. I like the the game itself that they have created, which we you know we'll touch upon you know in the next uh, couple hours. It, it's just unwatchable. It, it's and, and you know Tony C. Yeah, I don't love baseball. I need baseball. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. Rob Manfred is killing it. Although he's trying to unkill it. Well, and again, we'll we'll get to that later. A couple things. I know he's he's your favorite person in the world, but he, I think he's going to backtrack on a couple of rules that he put in place last yeah, year. Yeah, well, he he better. You know, he needs to do more than that. But I think it's it's a start. But look, it's it's an all star game. It's it is what it is. It was your it was your typical all star game. You know, I used to love the all star game. So I, me too. I, I me too. I couldn't look at it with those. No, the uniforms were dreadful. The, the, they were just dreadful. I, I mean. I, I didn't realize that the American League was wearing all blue. I mean, it looked like a beer league softball game. <laughs> Not to have anything against those, I don't. No. A beer league softball game from the early 80s. Yeah. Yeah, and look, we talked about this yesterday, uh, going back to our days, when everybody just wore their own uniform. And I thought that was spectacular. It was. Everybody just took their own uniform there were nine different, well, sometimes nine, sometimes whatever. And it was just great. Last night was awful. And I, I saw I saw this great line on Twitter, which is rare for Twitter. And it was from right. author, journalist, John U. Bacon. I don't know if you're familiar with. No. And I don't know if this is his quote or if he stole it. But he said, if I all this under, quote, if it ain't broke, some idiot trying to make a buck will break it. Yeah. And, and that's why we get uniforms like we got last night. Yeah. Were they Nike uniforms? 
Uh, who knows? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, I guess they are because the big swoosh. Yeah, probably. First thing you see on the regular uniform. Right. Right. And that's 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 why we have that. That's why we have all these chains. That's why we have teams now with third alternate jerseys, fourth jerseys, fifth jerseys, all star oh, game jerseys. Because they just want to sell it. It's all it's all marketing and merchandising. Free that's training it. hats, batting practice yeah, hats. That's all it is. Yep. And I as I have said on this very show multiple times, if you ever question why something happens in sports, just follow the money yep. and you'll get your answer. Yeah, so right. we're subjected to those dreadful, and again, I didn't see any of it. I saw highlights, replays, that was it, because uh, of my night last night, and the uniforms is hard to look at. But somebody somewhere thought it was a great idea, that it looked good enough, that, hey, we can sell some of these, so let's oh, force oh, well, let's force these players to wear. <laughs> when, when, when they announced it, uh, or made they made the, uh, you know, hey, this is our new all-star uniform, and, you know, I saw it on Twitter. Pictures. I'm like, I I just hope that's the batting practice thing. And right. Then, right. Because they did they did have uh, I guess the team's logo in the upper left. Well, yeah, but you had you, work, you had to work too hard to find to it. find it. Right. Right. Where again, going back to the old All Star games, you knew exactly who they were because they're wearing their old, you know, old uniform. You, you could you could look at it in the outfield of an All Star game back in the day, and you know the black and gold and right field was Dave Parker. Right. You knew that. You knew yeah, well, it was well, unquestionable. And and yeah, you knew when a, a San Diego Padre was in the house. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, Dave yeah. the Winfield Yellows, or whoever yeah. it would be. Well, but uh, it it wasn't. I swear, not, no, it wasn't a ten, fifteen, half hour minute. You know, half hour when MLB released the the look on uh, Twitter mm-hmm. at MLB, whatever it is, and. I got an email from fanatics.com. <laughs> Get I'm, your all-star gear, yeah? Get your 2021 so that, all-star I mean, gear. That, yeah. That's it. In that's a, all that, it is. That, that, I mean, it wasn't a half hour. That's all it is. Fanatics sends me an email. Yep, and shame on anybody who'd actually spend good yep. money on those uniforms. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with because you. Because there's absolutely no way. Why on earth would you wear it anywhere? Well, who would recognize it? <laughs> like, what is that? You know. Softball league yeah, or something. Yeah, beer league, beer league. Yeah. But as, as all-star games go, it was what it was. Again, uh, every pitcher got like one inning, maybe two. Starting position players got a couple of bats, then the subs started rolling, and it was, it was an all-star game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was nothing, you know. Um, it's just a shame, though, that they've killed this one. I mean, because that was, you know, the last right. great all-star game, I right. thought. Yeah, the Pro Bowl back in the day with the NFL used – I thought those guys, it was good when they cared. Yeah. I thought they did it to a certain point. Right. And then they decided they didn't want to hit anybody. They didn't want to play defense anymore. Mm-hmm. And that now the Pro Bowl, I haven't watched the Pro Bowl in oh, no. I, I don't at, le- um, at least a decade. At least a decade, if not longer. Oh, Probably it's, longer. It's been a long time for me, too. I, I, it would be, I would say the last Pro Bowl I even saw was in the hospitality suite. In the Dapper Dan dinner before the <laughs> Dapper Dan, because they just had it on. Right, 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 right. And, and those those were you know that that, that the, those they were the years that the Dapper Dan dinner and the Pro Bowl coincided. Not of course uh, on purpose, right. but it certainly didn't hurt the Dapper Dan's attendance. Let's put it that right. way. <laughs> <laughs> I think we discussed yesterday the NBA All Star Weekend. Was used to it used to be great back in the day. Oh, it was. It was. It, that was a yeah, lot. Yeah, when you had the the, sure the biggest names, you had Jordan and Dominique Wilkins and the and the, the dunk contest, 
and you had you know Larry Bird and all those guys in mm-hmm. three points. Yeah, who's you know, finishing second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had the stars show up. Today you don't have the stars show yeah. up. And hockey is what hockey is. I, I don't mind that. I like the skills competitions, yeah. like the hardest slap it's, shot. It's, and it's, it's interesting. Yeah, but the game itself is it's an exhibition. Mm-hmm. You know, and the score is usually around ten to nine because nobody plays defense in the hot. Right. You know, and the goaltenders just getting <laughs> they're just under siege the entire time by some of the greatest hockey players in the world. Sure. Um, but yeah, you're right. The the Major League All Star game was the last great one, and it's just not great anymore. No, it sure is. And uh, you know, but and maybe that's just us though. Maybe a younger generation. Maybe they they enjoy that. I don't. No, that's true. Maybe, maybe we just and, grown and, out of it. And don't get me wrong, I I understand that uh, the the reason all these stupid things are happening is because they want more money to follow and they want the the younger market, right? And, and you know, kids just there's just too much things, too many things going on. I mean, you know, for most kids anyway, just sit down and watch a baseball game. And so I just I just think they have to have their come to Jesus moment and realize that and you know why why ruin something that's been so great for right. uh, you know uh, uh, close to two hundred years right I de- I definitely don't think that they're marketing to guys like us anymore yeah they're oh, definitely no, trying no. to reach out to the younger generation uh, uh, younger fans and I, I understand that right because uh, well they're the next they're the next up and coming group yeah to, to follow the sport I but that. you're right and and as as a uh, 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 a father of an 18-year-old, I know that he has literally at his fingertips uh, Yeah, well, a hundred other things that he could be doing. Fortunately, he loves baseball. He'll sit there and watch baseball. Well, yeah. So I got lucky with that one. <laughs> he loves to sit down and watch, you know, he and I will watch pirate games, sometimes begrudgingly. Sometimes begrudgingly because it's the pirates, uh-huh. you know, but he does. He loves, he loves the game of baseball. Um, but nowadays, good luck keeping a kid's attention long enough to watch a couple innings. No, I understand that, and uh, and, and it's not because you know we, we have a bunch of stupid kids out there. That's far from it. No, no, we, no, no. no, no. It, it's just the opposite. They're so inquisitive and curious, and you know, right? And like, what is this? What is that? And you right. know, Look, why am I going to watch this? If we had those things at our disposal, oh, we were oh, kids, we'd no probably question. be the same way. Yeah, there's no question about. We just that. didn't. You know, we just our, our uh, options were limited when we were growing up as what we could do. Yeah, and get into, which is usually trouble, but we don't go down that path. Uh, there's a difference between trouble and ornery. Yeah, fortunately, neither one were recorded, so that was. <laughs> oh, oh I, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. How many times have you thought of that? Too many. Yes. Two men. Yes. All right. Hey, to uh, before we go to break, uh, to put a cap on the All Star Game, so so we don't have to. The guys who called it on the radio last night: John Shomby and Chris Singleton. The AL beats the NL five to the final score, and well, Shohei Otani on the mound was able to get out. Guerrero, though, the guy that ends up kind of stealing the spotlight as he knocks in a couple and. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., the MVP. It was dialed in, and at first at bat, just the hard shot right back at Max Scherzer, missing his head just by a couple of inches. A scary moment, but just really speaking to where Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was in terms of being locked in for this game tonight. And in the home run, just an absolute home run derby type of shot that he hit. American League, Boog, when I was coming in looking at these lineups, I'm saying, which one scares me more? It was clear that the American League lineup scared me you know, quite a bit more uh, when you're talking about having Junior in there, Otani leading off, 
Xander Bogart, Aaron Judge, Raphael Devers. I mean, those are some hard hitters taking nothing away from the National League. But again, I think the team um, or, or league, if you will, that won this game was the team coming in that I thought was better. Yeah, no doubt about it. So you look at what transpired here tonight. The American League wins again. The National League has not won since 2012. It's been a while. It has been a long time, Doug. And, you know, with that said, it's a great stretch. They made uh, an outstanding comeback. and But it's only, you know, what, three wins difference? Three on three wins, three losses between American League and National League over the time. And you gave the run differential. Yeah. I mean, it's right. It's really close. So, you know, American League, they've been the team over the last eight seasons. But, you know, these two sides, I mean, they're featuring some good players. And I think what we can look forward to as well after the All-Star break through the end of this month is players on the move. There may be some players that were on one side tonight yeah. that will be playing for a team in the other league when it's all said and done. Shohei Otani ends up getting the win. The American League beats the National League 5-2, the final score. I love the scoring in the All-Star game, by the way. Otani pitches one inning, scoreless, and he gets the win because he was the first pitcher <laughs> of record. Yeah, I, he left the game was nothing, nothing. Yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, you know, starting pitcher was a big deal. It always throws three. You know. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah. Now I remember. Was... Yeah, Steve Stone. I remember pitched a perfect uh, three innings in the nineteen eighty uh, All Star game at Dodger Stadium. It's, it's crazy stuff. You remember because you're young and right. you remember stuff when you're young. Right. And right. I don't know what you're now. You're Tony, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> let, me check, let me check my wallet. I'm not quite sure. Not quite sure. But that it's funny, not funny, but interesting that uh, NL hasn't won a game since 2012. You take it for what it's worth. That's the third longest losing streak in All-Star history. Uh-huh. Now, it's an eight-game losing streak because there was no All-Star game last year. Yes. So, they've lost eight in a row. And so, now we get this out of the way. We look, for, as Orioles and Pirates fans, it's hard, but we look forward to the second half of the season. And basically to see who they're going to trade off <laughs> during at the deadline. That's a great point. That's the next thing we have to look forward to because those seasons are done. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go to the time for a break. We got news and what was about? There it is. I I lost my uh, going to break music here for a second. Be careful. We got news and weather coming up. I've lost more than that yes. in my days. Trust me. Yes. When we come back, a little NBA talk, some more baseball talk, and uh, whatever else Mike and I decide to talk about. Okay. So that's a mystery. <laughs> Stick okay. around for that. Yeah. <laughs> 102.1 FM AM 1230. WCMD. This is the Morning Rush. Just talking all-star game last night. Mike and I agree. It's just not watchable anymore. For us, what about you? Did you... Did, Anybody listening right now, did you watch the All-Star game last night? Did you enjoy it? Did you have fun? Could you care less? 301-759-2628. And I hope we're just a, 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 a couple crumb you yeah. know. Yeah, hopefully I, we're just I hope a, people say, well, I, I, you know, you, you tear nuts, and it was great. Good. Well, I wouldn't Good. be the first time we've been told that. Yes. Yeah, and, for I, various reasons. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> no, not that. <laughs> but... Uh, I, I hope people did enjoy, really. I mean, because I, I really do care about the game and right. the health of the game. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of ills to, with the game that are, are, are not Rob Manford's doing. And uh, it's the way the game is taught with the launch angle and, you know, it's either a walk, strikeout, or a right, home run. Right. It's like 
It's just un, it's become unwatchable. Yeah, yeah it is. It, it has been. You're exactly right. And speaking of Manfred, we'll get to the NBA here uh, later on in the show. That's a perfect way to segue into this okay. uh, topic. Your boy, Manfred, uh, said yesterday that some rules uh, that were put in place during the pandemic probably won't be around after this season. And I, for one, am extremely happy about that. Yes. The seven-inning doubleheaders, uh, putting a runner on second to start extra innings, are likely to go the way of the dinosaur next year. Well, let's hope. Let's hope, yeah. Manfred said that those rules, uh, those changes were specific to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. He said, quote, it was a COVID-related change. I don't think that seven-inning doubleheaders are going to be part of our future going forward, end quote. Now, he also seemed to lean towards banning the shift. Another thing that I am in favor for. Right now, uh, they're actually experimenting uh, in double-A ball. Right. Where the infielders have to have their feet in the dirt. Uh-huh. Uh, but Manfred said that they may even be more aggressive with that ban making two infielders on each side of second base. Mm-hmm. Like, actually enforcing that rule. And he says... And I agree with him. Let's just let's just say you regulated the shift by requiring two infielders on each side of second base. What does that do? It makes the game look like it looked like when I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. It makes baseball look like baseball. He said it's not change; it's restoration. Uh-huh. And that that's why a lot of front offices are in favor of it because it, it'll make the game better. Uh, seven inning doubleheaders. I'm all for getting rid of that. Taking the guy off second base, I'm all for that. Banging the shift, I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. What about you? One, two, three, all, <laughs> none, what? Seven any doubleheaders, nah, it's got, it's got, nah. Yeah, <laughs> just, we, we adjusted quite nicely, pretty much the elimination of doubleheaders, you know, unless right. they were necessary, right. you know. And that used to be a big deal, you know, a, a doubleheader, but right. that's neither here nor there. I mean, it is what it is, and I get it, because the games do last very long now. Uh, the man on second base was just the most. That was even dumber. I semi and I do. I se- I semi agree with him about them being pandemic related, right, right. Changes and I understand because they that. want they wanted to shorten the games in the short season. The short right. the, the, the seventy doubleheaders. I said okay for now. I can live with this. Not a problem. Right. And as Leo Mazzoni said uh, when I was talked to him last, you know, he said I have to admit, you know, he said I'm a traditionalist, but. It, it it's it is interesting when you're watching a seven inning game. It changes your whole thinking about things like that. So okay, I got that one. The, right. the second the base thing was just garbage. Yeah, I hated it. Yeah, right. it was absolute garbage. But you know, Leo did point out there were elements about that. If just for the the, the you know the, the the giggles of it, you know that you could just strategize how you wanted to approach it. Okay, right. yeah, they got to go. Uh, now the shift. Yes, it's very, very frustrating, but I, I just don't uh, 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 go with that. I, I mean, it is what it is. Look, Rock, you, you don't Rock, like you don't like baseball dictating a manager's strategy because that's what the shift is. It's strategy. Yeah, yeah, I, and I, I don't like that. And they, they should just leave that alone. Sure, it's frustrating, but again, it's the way they're taught to hit now, all the way back to the travel leagues and launch angle, pull the ball, you know, da 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 da. Rod Carew w- would have hit 400. Oh. He almost hit 400 once. He would have hit 400. Or Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn. Oh, absolutely. Uh, w- with these shifts, hey, that's not a problem. Right. You, you know, because I'm going over here. 
Now, if you can manipulate your back control to overcome two infielders on each side of the infield, you know, to send it up the middle, which really it, it, pure hitting is hitting the ball up the middle. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, trying to and see where it falls. But if you can manipulate it to get up the middle and away from four infielders uh, evenly placed on both sides of the infield, then you sure as hell can manipulate it, you know, to punch it to left field if you're a left-handed <laughs> right. hitter and vice versa. Right. Well, there's nobody. Yeah. But that's not how they're no. taught, and they're just programmed. They're robots now, the way the game is taught. And, and hence, you know, the, the the spin control and all that. And that, that you know, that I will say, I mean, it's ridiculous that it's come to that, but it, that, that has helped. The games have been somewhat more interesting right. since they got the sticky stuff out. But uh, I, I, the shift, I, yeah, okay, I agree with you. It's very frustrating, particularly when your your team is good. And you know you're they're in a pennant race or they're in the hunt, and you just see a shift. Now, now for instance, a guy like Chris Davis, when he was going good, I mean, I'm, I'm not piling on Chris Davis right, this right. morning, but when things were going good, he he was a pool hitter, right? So you know, just like they 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 did the shift for Ted Williams, they did the shift for Frank Howard, uh, you know, Chris Davis. There wasn't not much he could do there. But then again, Chris Davis is, was so strong in his best days. When he hit the other way, that's when he had the most power. Right. You know, mm-hmm. be, be, because it's, it wasn't programmed. And so I, I, I'm two out of three. Yeah, get rid of the first two and, and the shift. I, I just don't think as much as we might not like it. I don't think that's strategy. You're right. They're, right. And they're that taking strategy, a strategy away from managers. Right. And that strategy came about because of the change in the way the hitters approach the game. Now. Yes. It was a necessary thing because you're putting three guys on one side of the infield is the way to go because, and we've talked about it before, off the air, on the air, many, many times. Yes. Guys just don't hit anymore. They don't know how to hit. Now, it's, how, how many times have you been watching the game and you just like beg somebody, just push a bunt. Down third base where there's nobody. Precisely. And, and they can't do it. They cannot do it. I agree. They're afraid of looking foolish. And I understand about looking foolish and being, you know, I'm not afraid. I've never been afraid of looking foolish right. myself. But then again, I've never had a major league bat in my hands either. <laughs> but True. So it's easy for us to say. And again, but this is the way they're taught as, I mean, this is something that's started festering 15, 20 years right. ago with how, uh, you know, these Travel leagues, these uh, travel teams and, and, and camps, that's, again, follow the money. I mean, chicks dig the long ball, yada, right. yada, yada, right. however you want to put it. And so that is not Major League Baseball's doing or fault. No, no. And so they, they, they are kind of hamstrung by the culture of the current uh, players and they will be for it's going to take a while to fix this. Yeah. So it's not really up to baseball to ban the shift. It's up to teams to figure out how to beat it and force teams to go because yeah, nobody I, in their I, nobody in their right mind would shift on Rod Carew or Tony Gwynn. No. Nobody that I, you're you're asking for a death sentence there because they'll 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 poke the ball top of the field all day long. And I know I know we're reaching high on the bar there with those two. You know the two of the greatest hitters who ever played, but. Uh, you know, if you're if you're in the big leagues, you better be able to have back control and be able to hit the other way, hit up the middle, or, or, or pull pull the ball when you have to. Right. And, and that is as much as I uh, uh, 
just, you know, absolutely love Earl Weaver and believe in all his, but not all. Cal Ripken, when he, he came up, Cal Ripken Jr., he was a line drive gap hitter who hit the ball up the middle, and that's a guy who could have hit close to 300 every year of his career. And uh, Weaver got him early to, to to become a pool hitter and just hit with power. Right. But, you know, Ripken was so naturally strong, uh, his home runs were just going to come anyway. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, and I, I just think it really got into Cal Ripken's head and his approach because if you remember – he had he had a new batting stance practically every week. He was always tinkering with it, and and I think that began when Earl Weaver made him a pool hitter in the uh, uh, 1982, his first full season in the big leagues. So, you know it, 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 that I think Cal Ripken could have been a much better player if that's possible if he had remained a gap hitter hitting up the middle. And I I'll often you know if I ever get a chance to meet him again, I I would like to. Gently ask him that, right? Right. He, you know, he's he's a baseball guy, and he he doesn't second guess. And uh, but I, I'm I'm sure privately he might have some thoughts on that. You mentioned batting stance going off on a completely di- a tangent here. I assume you played ball when you were a kid. Sure, that's where your love of the game probably yes. first. What was your go to stance? I think we all, as kids, spent time mimicking our favorite players. Oh, yeah. bat- who who? What was your? Who was the one guy? That you stepped in that box and you pretended to be, and you mimicked that batting. So you remember? Well, I was a left-handed hitter. My favorite player was Brooks Robinson, who, who was a right-handed hitter. So you know, when we were just playing in the yard, you know, I'd imitate how he would stand in and the whole deal. I could imitate them all, really. And uh, I was batting stance guy before that clown was. But uh, <laughs> you know, every kid is though. That's the beauty right, of it. Right, right. And uh, I, I really bought in as a kid, even. The, the uh, I, I really liked Charlie Lau's theories. And when I was still playing baseball, uh, you know, like late teens, and I, I, I liked the way the Kansas City Royals, if, if, if I would have imitated anybody, probably maybe George Brett. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, because, and by that time, I, I was like almost a, a grown man. You know, and I, I tell you what really helped me as a left-hand hitter, too, is like Charlie Lau always said, and right before a pitcher goes into his wind-up, just to create rhythm, wiggle your butt, <laughs> you know, because that, that, that just gets the flow right, of your body right. moving forward. And then just, you know, the whole Kansas City had that, you know, you know hit, swing through the ball, and you know it looked like they were swinging with uh, just one arm no, right, in the right. end on the follow through, which they weren't. Mm-hmm. But you know that was hitting the other way, hitting up the middle, and generating bat speed and power. So that was very comfortable for me. If I were going to imitate anybody, I would I would say maybe George Brett. But consciously, when I was out, when I was actually hitting to win a game. Nobody really. It was I, yours. Yeah, your own, yeah, yeah whatever, a, whatever you little, felt comfortable. A little yeah. bit, yeah. I, I always, you know, had to have a little bit of a crouch. Right, you know, right, so. right. George Brett, another guy who flirted with uh, four hundred. Yeah, man. There. I mean, what a great hitter he was. Yeah. Still, of course, he's unfortunately most known. I wouldn't say most known, but if you ask most baseball fans, George Brett, first thing they're going to say is what hemorrhoids. <laughs> 
All right, second thing. 1980 World Series. Yeah, that just won't go away, uh, much like the hemorrhoids. (laughs) Not what I was thinking. It's not where I was going with Uh, that. George Brett hit his uh, hitting streak. He hit hit close to 400 in uh, 1980. Um, The home run. Oh, the pine chart. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Him losing his his ever-loving mind. Oh, see, and there you go, Billy Martin just played that like a champ. Right. I mean, that was like the worst kept secret in baseball because everybody did it. And it's right. like the you know, Yankees were chasing the Orioles at that point, 1983. And uh, you know what? When, when that ruling went down, I was in Cooperstown for Brooks Robinson's induction into the Hall of Fame, and they, they had to replay the game. And uh, But Billy Martin played that like a champ, and uh, – uh, by gosh, that bat didn't measure up. And, and technically, Billy Martin was right. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, and, and the funny thing is, when you look at it now, you look at guys come to the plate, there's pine tar everywhere. Uh-huh. On their gloves, bat, their helmet. When they adjust their helmet, there's cake of course, with pine tar. And the same with the ball. Right. Now, speaking it, of best-kept secrets, it, which it, really wasn't. Yeah. And, here, yeah, and here's the key to that. Maybe Major League Baseball should just go back to the ball that worked. Instead of you know getting the best deal, right, to, to, right. to come up with a, a new baseball every year, every year the the damn ball changes right. every year, and that was the pitcher's main complaints when the sticky stuff came out. Yeah, I uh, can't remember who it was. I don't think I won't mention this guy's name from the Dodgers. He's forget him. Uh, it wasn't Cole. It was somebody else. Maybe Tyler Glass now. Okay, um, who's on the shelf again? He says something about what you just said. They change the balls every year. So we're forced to adjust. Now, in fairness to the pitchers. It's like picking up a cue ball. Now, people will say, well, that's what the seams are for. But you can only grip with the seams so much. Yeah, well, there's some pitches you don't throw right. with the seams. Right, exactly, exactly. And, and, and uh, no, uh, he, he's 100% right. Every year the ball is different. If they would just go back to a, a, a baseball that, that worked. Right. You know, and, and but the, again, follow the money. <laughs> money trail always leads to all answers, especially when it comes to professional sports. As the great philosopher Joe Dietrich said, "Money talks, BS runs that's, a marathon." <laughs> that's true. It's true. Have you seen? Uh, I don't have them on hand, unfortunately, and I don't know if it's just a major coincidence. I doubt it. How have you seen the splits in Garrett Cole's numbers since? No, I have not. Oh, oh since the sticky, since the sticky stuff. No. boy, he's falling off a cliff. Yeah, his ERA is sky high. Hits per game, strikeouts are down, walks. Are, I mean, he is really again. It could be just a thing, but it's a mighty big coincidence that his numbers have really suffered since he had to stop using that stuff. Yeah, and I tell you, I, Garrett Cole's one of those guys. Uh, People say, well, you know, I don't like this guy. Well, I mean, that's I don't dislike him. I mean, but uh, he's an interesting character uh, because I, he's, he's eccentric. Yeah. I mean, he's one of those eccentric pitchers who's like borderline genius, you know, uh, like John <laughs> McEnroe <scientist>. was. <laughs> yeah, yes. It, it, like John McEnroe was in tennis, you know, just so too smart for his own good sometimes. Right. And uh, I remember uh, – Somebody was admonishing McEnroe in uh, uh, at Wimbledon one year. He's playing Borg, and they were talking about how cool Bjorn Borg was. You know, he kept his temper, the whole deal, nothing bothered him. And somebody said, uh, "Well, what happened is 
his parents said he had a notorious temper as a kid, and his parents told him, if you continue to lose your temper on the tennis court, we're just going to lock your rackets out in a closet, and you won't be able to get them. Wow. And somebody said, I might have been Tony Traver, somebody just said, well, I wish somebody, had, I wish Mr. and Mrs. McEnroe had, had said that. And uh, my brother and I were watching the match uh, in, in our den, and my brother said, McEnroe probably would have blown up the closet. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's who Garrett Cole reminds me. That, right. ki- that kind of disturbed genius that right, you're, right. you always got, you got to keep one eye on the guy always. That's right. You know, right. And you're he, right, he does rub people the wrong way sometimes and, with and, the way he I comes mean, off. I mean, he, he just might, like, you know. One of those mafia ignition <laughs> things, you know. <laughs> oh, shoot. All right. Um, that's it for our number one. Coming up next, what else? Uh, our number two. It's usually how numbers work. Yes. NBA talk <laughs> next hour. More baseball talk. Basic. What's that? Basic morning rush. Basic math. math. <laughs> Stick around for more math on the rush. <laughs> WCMD. This is the Morning Rush. High atop Industrial Boulevard on the south side of the Queen City. Mike, you're, a, you're a south sider, right, Mike? Yeah, you're, man, just like I told you on the other yeah, side of the drugstore right. that I don't understand. That's right. No, I, don't get it <laughs> I mean, that was weird. It was here, and then it was gone. That was pretty weird, man. And it's been gone. It's still vacant. It's like, well, let's buy this, stand around for in it in a Right, a week and then leave. And then leave. That's okay. it. Okay. Yep. That was it. And now, right, and now, who knows? Like, we could open up like something really cool in there, but I haven't figured it out yet. What? Roller skating rink. Oh, yeah. That's just what we need. It's big enough. I don't know what just, other what other than another drugstore can actually go in that building. The thing is big. You can't oh, put like a restaurant. Maybe you could have put a restaurant. I don't know. Oh, man. That'd be. That'd be it's a tough location. Like yeah. That. Well, I mean. I don't know how what kind of restaurant you put in there. You couldn't use the whole space to have any kind of comfortable restaurant, right? Yeah, so I don't know. I was we'll see. And of course, rumors always fly about and anytime, any anytime in this area. I'm sure most areas are like that. Anytime you see an empty building or a building starting to go up, yeah, rumors. We've been getting a target in this area for the ah. last for the last uh, twenty yes. years. The rumors always fly. Oh, get a target and come bring it. No. Just don't, no, it just never happens. And, or well, Olive Garden is the other one. It, well, yes, you're <laughs> right. But before that, it, it it was Red Lobster. Really? I did not yeah, know that. Yeah, we were always going to get a Red Lobster. And it's like, okay. Over so, three. Over three. Yeah. Uh, but, hey. There's enough decent uh, seafood joints around here. We don't need a, a Red Lobster. We don't need a chain seafood joint. Nothing against Red Lobster, don't get me wrong. That's what I mean. But... You know, there are plenty of places around here, mom and pop uh, places, where you can get decent seafood and be happy. Well, you know, in my opinion, that I, is. They're, they're, so I love seafood. They're, oh, I do too. I mean, what good person doesn't? But <laughs> people who are allergic, probably. Well, well yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good point. All Aside right. from that, now, well, there you go. There's just yet one, uh, one more reason that uh, I, of the many that I have never been a, a captain of industry. Okay, and uh, so I, you know it's easy for me to say what should or shouldn't. So why, why even bother? You know, why even speculate and just see what, what goes in there? Nothing at all. But no, I just, has to go. I just thought that was pretty weird. 
It was. I, I do believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, this is an early free plug because I don't even think it's built yet. Getting a Duncan up there in Novell, I do believe that is for sure up there in that. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, in the Ollie's Plaza, I think there's a building right there on the corner. I think there's a Duncan going right there. I, I do mean, believe. I I just. I don't live in LaVale, so it would be of no use to me. And the only thing. Oh, yeah, that, same way. I'm, and I, I love Dunkin' Donuts right. coffee. I drink I'm it every ma- I'm morning. I'm not making the trip. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to drive to LaVale, get a cup of coffee. <laughs> if I'm there, if yeah, I'm exactly. in the vicinity, then yes. Precisely. Yes, but yeah, I'm not going over top of the bump. For, for instance, for like I love Mexican food. Yes, so do I. You know, and. Well, I, there are many foods that I don't love, but that's beside right. the point. When, I, when I was uh, in my younger days. I just like I moved back here from uh, the Baltimore, Washington area, and it's just like man, we, we I need a cheat sheets here because I just love cheat sheets. Now, of course, that that was to me then the, the youngster right. what Mexican food right. was, which, right. and and I really enjoyed it. Don't sure. get me wrong. Sure. If we had a cheat sheets here, I'd go every day. Well, we got a cheat sheets here. I went once. <laughs> <laughs> So, there you go. <laughs> I went once. <laughs> and it's and like, that was I'll it. be back tomorrow. I never went never back. Never went back. <laughs> and, and for no reason other than I was just lazy. Because it was in the veil. If it was around here, you'd probably yeah. been there every day or every my, other day. My, my friend Stephanie <laughs> said she said to her husband once, she goes, oh, I mean, I I, I had I need this, but I'm going to have to go all the way to the veil to get it. And Josh looked at her and said, Jiminy Cricket, Stephanie, you act like you're driving it's to like, Garrett County. It's like 10, <laughs> it's I know. Like 10 minutes. just right there. It's 10 yeah. minutes. <laughs> I know. But that's how lazy <laughs> we become. I went uh, to the Chi-Chi's in the Vale one time. Yes. It was very, very close to when I actually, we moved to the area. And it was a traumatic experience. Was it? Because even before the food came out, I had gotten, their drinks were pretty big. Uh, I had I spilled mm. it all over myself. Oh my! As I was reaching for, I don't even know what I was reaching for, and it I just dumped the entire drink on my lap on the seat. And the waiter come over, and we were like, "We're gonna need our food to go because I'm not sitting in this for the next hour." And he had such the weirdest. It was emba- it was embarrassing, is what it was. Because I had sure to walk is. out of that place soaking wet, and I never <laughs> I went once, never went back again. The the. Uh... Public house that I frequent yes. a great deal these days. <laughs> Whenever you go in, uh, they say, and I'm talking about Oscars. It's really a great place there on Old Town Road. And they, you, they say, do you want? Uh, I have a beer. I have a draft beer. Do you want the large or the small? Like I think it's a 22 ounce. Yeah, tall boy, or, yeah, ounce. right, right. And the reason I always just get a pint. Is because I will knock over a, a any <laughs> kind of, of that, tall yeah. glass that's in front of me, and no, that is me. That, yeah? that is me. Is it a better deal for me to be at that? Probably, sure. but I will knock it over. It's just so, the extra added height to it. I, your your I, hands are moving. I, I so I appreciate <laughs> what you just said there. Oh, the things we remember, right? The things we remember. That was my first and only yeah, that, experience of a cheese was just. Dumping yeah, well, drink all over myself. I, I I I sympathize. I empathize. Fortunately, it was just uh, like a soda. If it was a drink, drink, I really would have been upset. Well, yeah. To spill that because that's you know 
That's, it, that's a party file. Acceptable. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we go any further about our uh, our drink mishaps, uh, let's rock around the region. I want to rock right now. And, of course, this is going to be a short one because it's the All-Star uh, break and nothing is going on except for the All-Star game last night, the 91st edition yes. of the Midsummer Classic last night in Colorado. American League won for the eighth straight time. Five to two, the Nationals' uh, Max Scherzer started uh, for the National League. And Reynolds shaded to left center, a touch. The 2-2. Swing and a foul tip into the mid of Real Muto. A strikeout for Scherzer. And they go one, two, three. Yep, and that was it. One, two, three inning for the first uh, for Scherzer, and he was done for the night, which is that's a pretty easy night's work. Uh, the Pirates' Adam Frazier, one for two. Brian Reynolds, 0 for 2, came very close to hitting a home run, but we all know what, you know, close. You know, yes. Hand grenades and yes. dog poop. Uh, the Orioles, Cedric Tall Mullins. Glasses. That's right. <laughs> Cedric Mullins uh, started in center field for the AL. He went 0 for 2, did reach on an error, and uh, scored a run. Everybody gets another two days off before, myself included, as a matter of fact. Yes. Before, <laughs> before starting the second half. Of the season on I Friday. Shall, I shall raise my pint glass to you, sir. <laughs> I'll be raising many uh, yes. over the weekend. Yes. Uh, the Nationals will open with the weekend series against the Padres in D.C. Uh, that again on Friday. The Pirates will play a three-game set against the Mets at PNC Park. And the Orioles will start the second half on the road uh, at Kansas City. And that is your Rock Around the Region brought to you by the Cap Rally Group. That goes in file 13, and we move on. You know, Tony, in fairness, Tony C., yes. uh, before you move on, uh, in fairness to MLB and to the All-Star game and to people who just think that we're just too miserable people. Well, they wouldn't be far off. Well, they wouldn't be. That's yeah. true. But, no, in fairness, if I if I were still unemployed, I would have watched, you watched every that. pitch. So Fair it, enough. Th- 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 I just want to get Fair that. enough. I wouldn't have. Yeah, okay. I would have oh, watched some of it. Yeah, and I think we talked about this yesterday. I probably would have watched to see what Frazier and Reynolds did in the Pirates uniform sure. or whatever uniforms they were, uh-huh. and then I would have been done. I would have checked. I would have watched my guys play, and that would have been it. Yeah, I would have watched it. Uh, Frazier, by the way, and we can we'll continue on this uh, baseball track. Uh, I don't see him being in a Pirates uniform. Probably not within two weeks, uh, which is a shame. But that's the Pirates' way. And we touched on it briefly yesterday. We talked about it off the air. Uh, if you are, if you're running the Orioles, because you're the Orioles guy, mm. are you taking phone calls on who? Everybody mm. is everybody on the table uh, as far as the trade deadline goes. Are you trying to keep somebody? What are you doing? Well, uh, we we touched on this a little bit yesterday. And first of all, they, the Orioles are now in a position, thankfully, because Trey Mancini is healthy. But man, if they would trade Trey Mancini, <laughs> that would not be good. No. But contractually and age-wise, he's 29. Right. I mean, people think just because he's just been up recently that he's a young. Now, yeah, 29 is pretty young to me. To you but, and us. Yeah, but to, to you and us. Listen their, to me. To their, you their and me. purpose, what the, how they're going about their 29, you know, do, do we want to lock up a guy who's going to be here when he's 34? Right. You know, right. and uh, again, I, I'll give 34 another crack. I right. mean, I, I think I did great things when I was 34, if I can remember them. <laughs> but, 
Uh, but he's so, playing on a one-year deal. He's playing on a one-year deal right now. Yeah, I, I know. So, and so that, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do there. Now, of course, if it's on a one-year deal, obviously, of course, well, I don't know what his arbitration is. Now, see, he, he played all four years at Notre Dame. So right. he, he got the big leagues late by right. m- m- today's standards. So uh, I, I don't know what that will, He is it, arbitration eligible after this season, and then he'll be an unrestricted free agent in 2023. Okay. Okay, yes. got you. So I mean, so if not for the circumstances of his health and his remarkable story and comeback and what how much he's loved by everybody in Baltimore and around baseball now, uh, I would say he would be. Let's start with him. He's untouchable. So you so no, you, no, no. I, let's start with him. He would be. We could get something for him. Oh, so you would. So you would actually take calls on Man City. If the circumstances weren't what okay. they are. I don't think you'll do that now because right. of the circumstances. Right. I think they would be looked upon as just cads. Yes. Just how Cur- dare you. Curs. How dare you trade the feel-good story of the season. That would be a tough move. But like you said, man, if somebody calls with an offer well, I mean, that you can't refuse. I mean, logistically, everything that, that – Take take Mancini's, and he would love to do this. Take his health considerations and circumstance out of the picture altogether, right. like it never happened. He, he that's who he's top of the trade list. Right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. And uh, Cedric Mullins, uh, I mean, my friend Rich Geiger to this day, to the day he he dies, will still mad that the Orioles did not trade Larry Sheets. After his the year he hit three sixteen, I think it was in nineteen eighty five, because he said he'll never have higher leverage right. to trade him now. Strike while the iron's hot, and and it, then he just had a so so career after that. Who knows what Cedric's going to do? He, it's, he's so much fun to watch this year, but you know, and he he's kind of in the tweener age where he, a you're going to get something for him. He's a little younger than Mancini. And he's twenty six, yeah. And and the way the Orioles draft. And develop players now with the Michael Elias system, the the, the Houston Astros system. Mm-hmm. They just draft and develop up the middle. So there's your center fielder somewhere right. in the organization, particularly Bowie. They say is like these guys are can't miss. That's the team. Right. That, you know right. the Orioles are going to be the Orioles again in a couple years with the, with this group. There's a center fielder somewhere that they have d- drafted and are currently developing. So there's your your second guy that could be traded. But if they're a couple years off, he's still in their contract for three years. So if you got him locked up, age twenty six through twenty nine, uh-huh. maybe you keep him around. But, but that, again, you're that, right though. That, Boy, that, his but, his trade value now is probably that, higher as ever going to be. Yeah. So I mean, just right off the top of my head, that's where I, I would start thinking that they either one of them, particularly Mullins, given the circumstances. If John Means is healthy, you think he would get traded? Uh, get yeah, dealt? but he's not. But he's not. He's kind of like coming off the market a little bit because throwing a, throwing a no hitter and it's, it's, it's sense, just going downhill for him and sense. the Orioles. Yeah. I mean, he, he was at least there to anchor the, the rotation, so that that kind of eliminated long losing streaks, which the Orioles have had a handful of this year. So, so, if, so if the circumstances, if, if the offer was right, you would definitely take calls on Mancini, Mullins. What about <sighs> what about a guy like Santander? Is he? I, I didn't say that I would. Well. But I, I just think they're the think, most likely, right, right. given the circumstances. Uh, Santander, uh, I, I think that they are, have to be disappointed that he he's had the injuries he's had and hasn't having the progression that he's shown over the previous two seasons has kind of 
got stuck in the mud and I don't know what he would get there. I don't know if 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 uh, baseball people are, are all the way bought in on Santander yet, but right. I, I think he has a great, you know. Well, I you know I think he's got a tremendous future ahead of him, but this has been a spin your wheels kind of season right. for him, unfortunately, right. well, and for the Orioles as far as his marketability. Right. Well, there, there are definitely going to be sellers at the deadline. There's no question about it. I don't think they're going to stand pat, and they're not going to buy. That's for sure. No, they won't buy. They're they're, they're going to get bodies. Right. They're, they're, it's all about prospects. Yeah, it, they, I mean, yeah. I mean, volume. That's what they've been the, doing the, it for a couple of years now. Maybe more than a couple. Pirates have started doing it. That's the philosophy. Volume. Right. Because the Astros did it. The Astros just they they blew up the whole thing. Started from scratch. Astros, Cubs. Right. Right. And, and of course, all this started this philosophy in its own different way with Moneyball. You know, right, yeah. The, the A's. Right, that's at a, right. At a necessity, that's what they had to do. And people say, well, wow, that really works. Right, which, and, by the way, is a movie I can't turn off ever. Oh, no, great. Anytime it comes on, I gotta watch it. Fantastic movie, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Pirates, Frazier, he's gone. I can't I can't think of any situation or circumstance where they keep Adam Frazier. Mm-hmm. Because the teams are already knocking down their door. Uh, we named a few, I think the White Sox are definitely interested. People are even talking to him over the All-Star break. At the All Star Game, he can't he can't escape that talk. He's gone, which is a shame because I like Adam Frazier. Yeah. Um, he's a stand. First, first of all, he's a really good ball player. Second of all, he's a stand up guy. Uh, but again, Pirates are in the same boat as the Orioles. Oh, they, yeah. They're going they're going to be sellers. Uh, I think Brian Reynolds stays. You got a guy like uh, the closer Richard Rodriguez. He's probably going to be gone because they're going to be contenders looking for bullpen help. And I understand when you play on a last place team, you don't have two opportunities for saves. No. But he's pretty good whenever he does get the opportunity. Yeah. You got guys who have come out of nowhere. And I brought, uh, I mentioned these guys last week. Or it might have been, yeah, it might have been Monday now I think about it. Like Wilmer Defoe, former uh, national. Yeah. Pirates picked him up. Eventually they DFA'd him. Nobody grabbed him, so they took him back. And now he's been really playing well off the bench. He could be a guy mm-hmm. who somebody might make a phone call on. The great Nagowski, the big, this guy. Have you heard about John Nagowski? No. Nobody else has either. This say. is a guy who scuttled about. I think he started with Seattle, moved over to, or maybe it was the Dodgers, went to the Mariners, played the Independent League, the Eastern League. Cardinals picked him up. He was batting 091. The Pirates sent over like a used bag of balls. And some bubble gum to pick up Nogowski. He's batting 500 in 12 games since coming over to Pittsburgh. I mean, he's just, I had literally never heard of this guy before in my life until the Pirates picked him up. I and had, all of a sudden, he's the second coming of yeah. Babe Ruth. I, I had not heard of him until now. The big Nogowski no go. This is why I turned to the Maureen Rush. Well, again, you're the Orioles guy. For knowledge. I'm the Pirates guy. Now, I'm not saying teams are going to beat down the door for Nagowski, right. but the way he's hitting now, it could be a situation where he's just on fire. How old is he? That I don't know. Ah. That's a good question. I'm going to have to look at that. But a team, independent race, who might look for a bat coming off the bench. Got you. Well, they, I'm not saying it's going to happen. That's a good point. You know, but he's been the on team fire. team is pretty much set and like, yeah, let, that, yeah, that'd be good for the second half of the season. Yeah. Yeah, a rental player, more or less. 
Um, but again, Pirates, like the Orioles, same situation. They're going to sell off some pieces. And if you're a Pirates fan or an Orioles fan, you're used to it by now. You're used to a guy making a name for himself and then eventually getting shipped off you, you know, <laughs> to it, other, it, other teams. It, it's, uh, it, it's funny how time flies. Uh, you know, the Orioles and the Pirates had those re- just – just gruesome stretches. The Orioles went 15 years without making the postseason, and the Pirates went 20. I think. 20 with a, no, not even a winning season. And yeah. then in 2012, you know, Buck Showalter and the Orioles they won the wild card and made a nice run in the playoffs. And then the next year, the Pirates made the playoffs. I, I think they were three the, straight years. Yeah, they made, yeah. yeah, and it was just such a different feeling. It's such a refreshing feeling. I can remember walking into the office downtown, just feeling really good. Even though, you know, I'm not a Pirates fan, it's just like, wow, man, here we are in Cumberland, Maryland, two two hours from everywhere. And, uh, right. you know, postseason baseball matters, you know, with the Orioles and the Pirates for the first time in a long time. Of course, you know, now the Nationals are, you know. You know they got a World Series under their belt a couple of years ago. Yeah, right? and, uh, you know, I'm not a Nationals fan, but, uh, you know, it's a Baltimore thing, and uh, that'll never change, but. The Nationals, you have to feel kind of – really, to this moment, they have never yet been able to fully celebrate that World Series. No. Yeah, yeah you're right. Because you're of right. the pandemic. They and, couldn't properly defend it. And like last year with the 60-game season, they – yes, of course, we're going to uh, mention it and, 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 you know, commemorate it, but not – we will, we will wait until we get the full opening day, you know, and right. I, I understood that too. It, I mean, that's unfortunate because I tell you, the World Series don't happen very often. Look, when the Orioles won in 1983, I mean, the Orioles were in, in, in the contention and in the playoffs just about every year. Right. I mean, that's just the way it was. And from the time I was a kid in 1966, and it's just like you took it for granted. And you don't take winning for granted. And the Orioles no. have not won a World Series since 1983. No. And they have won three out of the six. at that, that 83 made their third World Series in six attempts since 1966. Okay. I have, mean, they, have they been to one since? No. <clears throat> I didn't they, think they, so. They got screwed <clears throat> uh, with the Jeffrey Mayer thing. Oh, that's right. That's in 96. Because right. yeah, 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 yeah. I think that team would have gone. They were the wild card team. And then '97, Armando Benitez melted down against the Indians. Indians, right? In the ALCS, they were the best team in baseball that year, 1997. There's no question. But again, 162 games, like the Braves. The uh, the Braves, I, I've told you this before. Are, uh, watching the Atlanta Braves all those years, they were so great. And it's, uh, but th- they didn't have a lot of postseason success. No. They won one World Series, right. which is great. But. Uh, uh, they were built like the Orioles. The, those Orioles teams were built for 162 games, and then, then, then of course, they were still with the philosophy there was only going to be one or two playoff series. You know, right? '79 Orioles best team over 162 games. Well, guess what? The Pirates were the best team over seven. Right. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that right. Pirate the last team, four. Well, don't get the me last wrong. four games. That, right. Th- those Pirates teams. I mean, that's a great 162 game team right. too. '79, but. Uh, the, the Pirates just just were better suited for a, a, a seven game series, and that's why they deserve to win. Right. The uh, the ninety seven uh, Orioles Indians 
refresh my memory. Was that the Tony Fernandez home run yes. series? Okay. He, he, he was throwing like 100 miles an hour, 98 mile an hour fastball by everybody. And so he decides to throw a slider and generate more bat speed for a guy that hits maybe four home runs a year. Yeah. He's lucky. And, and sadly, uh, I was at that game. And uh, then, of course, Peter Angelos is uh, Angelos way. It doesn't matter who gets the credit as long as it's me got in the way, and he and Davey Johnson could not get along. And, right, right. Uh, Davey Johnson resigned on the day he was named uh, manager of the year. And How about that? Yeah. How about that? That's, See, the, that's the closest the Orioles have come to series. Buck Showalter had a nice couple runs. Real quick story about Buck yeah. Showalter. When, when uh, the, they, the Orioles hired Buck Showalter, the day they hired him, my friend Chris Apple and my colleague at the Times News came in, and Chris is a lifelong Yankees fan. He and his father make many trips to Yankee Stadium every year. And he said, hey, great hire for the Orioles, man. You'll love Buck Showalter, and he will get the Orioles into the playoffs, which seemed like inconceivable at the right. time. He said, but once once he, he does – He'll do something that is just so remarkably <laughs> stupid you won't be able to believe right. it. And I'm like, well, I'll take that chance. <laughs> sure. Well, sure. too true to Chris Apple's word. <laughs> Buck Showalter turned him around. Love Buck Showalter. Got him to the playoffs. They're a good team. They're a contender every year under Buck Showalter. And in the wild card game in Toronto that year, you have a closer who was told oh. to be prepared to work multiple innings, Zach Britton, mm-hmm. who, who has mm-hmm. had like 53 saves and no blown saves, and he leaves. He never touched the ball, right? He never got in the game, did he? No. Yep, I didn't think so. Yeah, I uh, remember that. Uh, God love him. The, the pitcher that he turned to, I can't think of his name right now. He's all over the place, and he didn't have a chance. And it, Chris Apple, was na- he nailed it. He nailed it. it. And, and, and it, it, he, Buck Showalter lost the clubhouse that night. And the next year, the Orioles were absolutely horrible right. with a team that they thought would contend, make one more run, and uh, hence the rebuild. Yeah, Buck was gone, and Elias and Brandon Hyde. Wait, uh, never, wait, never, <laughs> wait, never since. You know, it's like my friend Bill Feeney said uh, when they hired Brandon Hyde, who I, I like Brandon Hyde. I, I hope that he gets to see this through. But uh, he said, you know, when we were kids growing up manager's names were Earl and Sparky and, uh, you know, Ralph and, right. you know, <laughs> Billy and all this right. stuff. He goes, and it shows you how old we've become. Now the manager is Brandon. Brandon. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, see, I, the reason I remember that, going back to that Fernandez home run, because I was living in Cleveland at the time. Yeah. And you talk about Indians teams that are really good. Oh, they were great. And never, never won a, a championship. Yes. Uh, uh, I was sitting, strike year, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was sitting in the uh, Cleveland bar watching that game, yeah. And Fernandez hit that home run, and I've never, I've, ne- I've been in plenty of places. Cle- watching that place exploded. Cle- that, that place was Cle- nuts. Cleveland's such a great it city, it a great town. I love Cleveland. And oh yeah, those Indians teams were fantastic uh, in the early mid nineties. Yeah, they ushered in the, the new Jacobs Field. Yeah, beautiful and ballpark. They were, yeah, I I got to see many games there and and watch that team. And of course. Living vicariously through my friends out there because I wasn't an Indians fan, but I was just living, you know, living out there. And uh, boy, I remember my my buddy. Quick story before we go to break here, Tom, and just lifelong Indians fan, just die hard, yeah. and just watching his heartbreak in that Marlins that Marlins World Series oh, yeah. was just that game oh. seven. It was so 
Hard, it was harder to watch that happen than harder to watch his reaction at the same time because I thought he'd never recover. Oh, I know. And, and see, Cleveland's a, a, one of those teams, the Indians in particular. When, when, when they beat my team, then I root for them. It's, the, right, yeah. the Indians are one of those teams that I will continue to root for. The old Oakland Raiders used to be that way with me. Now, you being a Steelers no, fan, that'll no, never way. happen. No, but, but like, I understand. Like one of the great football games ever played, the Ghost of the Post mm. in Baltimore. They beat the Colts like 38 35. Right. I root for the Raiders. Those, I got you. those yeah. Oakland Raider teams I I thought were very enjoyable. And the Cleveland Indians have always been like that. If they beat me in the playoffs, which they have, and we've beaten them, I, but I'll root for them. I'll, I'll root for them. Wish them, wish them luck and, yeah, and, and I, go I, forward. Sure. One of those teams that I root for if I can't root for my team. It's been a long time for them. Yes. Really long time. It sure has. 19, I want to say 48. 58, 48. Yeah, 40? the last World Series is 54. Yeah, they yeah, lost yeah. To the Giants, right, right, right. Hey. I, I, did, I was not alive then, by the way. No, nor was I. Well, but I'm just saying, those are things you're a kid, you read, you remember, <laughs> right, you know. Right, and watch right, the right. video, Willie Mays, the catch. Sure, sure. Well, how about that for a short on memory lane? A little O's bust. I love it. All right, time for a break. It's worse. <laughs> News and weather Let's coming talk up. about my birthday. No. <laughs> Trust me, you don't want to hear that. All right, stick around, WCMD. This is the Morning Rush. I saw you uh, snickering over there at the rejoin of my many mistakes. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> well well done, well said. If you can't poke fun at yourself, well, no, I seriously. agree with you. I, I, that's a that's a great. Clip. I mean, there's been I many many more. Uh, sometimes, hey, look, when you talk as much as we do, hours and hours a day, you're bound to trip in over your own time. In in Indiana. Indiana. In Indiana. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's not easy. And it just uh, just I couldn't get it out. It's just the way it is. Uh, somebody who said something the other day that uh, he wishes that uh, he wouldn't have, ah. Stephen A. Smith, ah. who, oh, look, he's been known to say things that have sure. uh, rubbed people the wrong way. Uh, on Monday, he was on, uh, what's the show, uh, First Take I do with Max Kellerman. Mm-hmm. He took some heat. Uh, he made some comments about uh, Shohei Otani, who, of course, has been in the spotlight the entire first half of the season. Stephen A. basically said that it's hard for Major League Baseball to grow the game with a guy who can't speak English. And this is a direct quote from Stephen A. He says, quote, I don't think it helps that the number one face is a dude that needs an interpreter so you can understand what the hell he's saying, end quote. Stephen A. said if Bryce Harper was doing what Otani was doing, that we'd be talking about baseball five days a week which I think we do anyway. Smith says he hasn't watched a single Angels game all season. But, quote, when Barry Bonds was smacking home runs or Mark McGuire, I was transfixed to the tube, end quote. What that has anything to do with a guy speaking English, I don't know. I don't understand why Barry Bonds and McGuire drove him to the TV because they speak English. I don't I don't understand the connection that he's trying to make. But anyway, he caught a lot of heat, some major backlash for those comments. What I particularly liked, and I'll get your thoughts on that in a second, Mike. Mm-hmm. I liked that there were a few guys at ESPN who fired back at Stephen A. Smith, including a guy I respect a lot. 
uh, baseball insider uh, Jeff Passan. Listen to this. Shohei Otani came to this country at 23 years old. He left behind his family. He left behind his culture. He left behind his country. He left behind everything he knows to go and pursue the American dream. He wanted to come here and be great. And he is the sort of person who this show and who this network and who this country should embrace. We are not the ones who should be trafficking in ignorance. We are not the ones who should be perpetuating false ideas that unfortunately far too many people out there believe. We should look at Shohei Otani as a bastion of what this country and this sports world is about. And you know what he's done? He has reached that greatness. He has achieved that. He has found it here in America and he's done so without speaking English publicly, and he's done so speaking English to his teammates. The reality about Shohei Otani, Stephen A., is that he is a story that we should all be wanting to tell. And it's unfortunate that something like yesterday happened, but this gives us the opportunity to come out here today and talk about what Shohei Otani is doing. And what he's doing right now is something that we have not seen since Babe Ruth, something that we have not seen since Bullet Rogan and Double Duty Ratcliffe in the Negro Leagues, something I never thought that I would see again, which is someone who's starting the All-Star game and batting first the day after putting on an electric performance in the Home Run Derby. It's not that Shohei Otani doesn't speak English publicly and that people don't embrace him. It's that if people don't embrace him because he doesn't speak English publicly, they're the problem, not Shohei Otani. Jeff Passan getting involved. Yes. Going in. Good for him. In his own, not, he was not very, very emotional there. He didn't really go over the top. Yeah, he, 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 but he, he's very pretty cool. cool, calm, collected. But boy, he was on point. But yeah. pretty much everything he said right there. Yeah, he has the calm of an assassin. I mean, no, honestly, I mean, <laughs> yeah. on, on pretty much anything, that's his delivery. Right, 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 right. He's one of the few ESPNers that I, I do stop and listen to. Uh, yeah, I, I thought I thought he 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 made terrific points, and I, I'm I'm all, all the way with him. I did I didn't get a chance to hear Stephen A. Smith because that's not a show that I I, I really spend too much time with right. it you know it's interesting to point out that uh to his 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 points such as they were his rant each uh each suzuki right he, he spoke english but he used a translator because he didn't trust the media he didn't trust the uh, writers okay and okay. uh uh, I, I seem to remember sammy sosa was unable to speak english uh, while he was in before congress and, uh, you know, it was never a problem for Sammy. And I'm not knocking Sammy Sosa, right, you right. know. But uh, I, I, it's just uh, I don't know why he would say something like that. I, I mean, I know the ESPN now it's, you know. It's the woke brigade is what it is. Uh, ESPN has gone in a direction that, uh, as, look, let's be real. ESPN has gone in a direction that's turned a lot of people off. Uh, with some of the things they say, some of the things that, they, that they've done. The, and the funny, the weird thing about what Stephen A. said right there is you look at some of the other younger stars in baseball today, mm-hmm. Ronald Acuna Jr. Right. He doesn't speak English. 
Uh, I don't think Vlad Guerrero Jr. He doesn't speak English. Yeah, he was the All Star MVP, wasn't he? Yeah, he won the MVP. first Blue Jay ever, by the way, yeah. to win the All Star MVP. He doesn't speak English. Uh, I, I think Tatis Jr. Is he? I don't know. I, I honestly have never actually heard Tatis Jr. say anything. So I don't know if he speaks English or not. But some of the other young bright stars in the game, they don't speak English. So what's I don't I, like? I don't what's underst- the difference? I don't understand it. Uh, you know. Now I have my own opinion, which we, I, which I'll give you in a second. Okay. I think it was, it was all just a setup. Well, I mean, uh, you know, if I'm being honest, Steve, Stephen A. is all about you know uh, outrageous and shock and right. You know, uh, when he first got started on the big stage, you know, I I I really liked him. I actually, had a chance to be on his television show once. Because I wrote a column. I did not know that. Yeah, I wrote a column about. Uh, not the YouTube that. It, it, people were saying that, that Major League Baseball should commemorate Barry Bonds' 700th home run. Okay, and I wrote a column, not, not knocking Barry Bonds at all, right? But, but just saying, it, but it's not a record. I don't think you know he, he's the third player in Major League history who's going to hit 700 home runs. I don't think that that you know. Right. Why, why should MLB make right. a special day for that? Right. And I mean, maybe I was wrong. I don't know. But, no, I don't I, think I, they, were, but. they got they got somebody. One of his producers read it and contacted me and asked me to go on his show. That like variety type of right. show that he had. Right. And I I said sure. I'd be glad to do it. What time should I call? He goes, well, we need you on TV. I would have had to drive to uh, WHAG in Hagerstown. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, to, to then they would be able to work it out. Right. But uh, it was a summer day, and it was vacation season. <laughs> and guess how many guys were in sports that night to take little league calls? One. One. And I couldn't do it. I'll be darned. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that. Now I, I can't. Whenever Bond City seven hundred home run, that's when it was. But you know, I say I don't know if I really want to do this. Do I? And he just laughed. He goes, Nah. He said he's really not like that. Yada yada yada. And, but I really liked him. I, I think he was very talented. I thought, you know, we have a modern-day Howard Cosell here, mm-hmm. which is what we need. But now it's just part of the whole thing that uh, I don't watch studio television, anybody's sp- studio sports television, anybody's production of anything. I watch the games. I watch a documentary. I think a lot of people have gone that direction. They just because if there's I a game on, they watch it. it. And I mean, there's nothing about Max Kellerman that appeals to me. I feel like I'm talking to that. Uh, what's that guy's uh, Max Hedrum? You know, from the '80s. <laughs> you know, uh, it's just like, are, are you real? You look like Clutch Cargo. You know, what's going on with those lips? And you know, so. I I I have an, I can find many other ways to waste my time, and I prove I that every day of my life. And I'm pretty pleased with how things have turned out yeah. so far without ESPN or Fox Sports or any of them. Right. It's right. just it's just silly. yeah. The, the studio shows are they're hard to watch. I think because it's a production now. It is just like it the always. NFL has right. Well, as you always say, NFL the, the TV show the, the TV show absolutely. But I think I'm not sold that Stephen A. Actually, he did apologize for it. Well, that's I'm not sold that it wasn't contrived to begin with, just to in company, just to create what we're talking about right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, and, yeah, and it worked, and, and it worked. So yeah. there you go. All yeah. right, one quick break, and we're back to wrap things up. Stick around, WC. They're in a bigger chair. That's right. <laughs> 
This is the Morning Rush. Tony C in the big chair. Mike Burke back in his saddle. Uh, I was going to say something. I completely lost my train of thought. I don't know. I'm just going to sit here and sing Mandy for the last two minutes of the show. Hey, you know what? That's nice. I know, Mike. Just for you, man. I mean, I don't know play you- it. Oh. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Other people do, but nobody. I couldn't let you get out of here because, in case you forgot, you know, when I played it twice earlier in the show. Yes. Now you can take it with you. Yes, and I, I know. have it stuck in your. I had forgotten about earlier in the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, let's, uh, before we roll, uh, check on the player who uh, delivered. Uh, brought to you by All Seasons Landscaping and Supply Yard. Uh, how about the Blue Jays? We talked about them last uh, segment, I do believe. Uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Swing and a high drive. Deep left field. Way back and out of here. An absolute no-doubter to left for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Crushed it. 468 feet later. And he's flexing, pointing to his bicep as he goes past Tatis and takes his time around the bases. That was a call on ESPN Radio. You heard him say it, Vlad Jr., 468-foot, two-run bomb to help the American League beat the National League last night, 5-2 in the All-Star game. Uh, Vlad Jr., uh, the All-Star MVP, first Blue Jay ever to uh, be named the All-Star MVP. Pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll get his for the Blue Jays and Vlad. And that is your player who delivered, because that was the only game that actually happened last night. Uh, Brought to you by All Seasons Landscaping. you're correct. And Supply Yard. Can't wait. We we discussed it. I don't know if we talked about it on the air yesterday, but we definitely talked about it off the air. This week is awful. All-Star break week. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Is just, for what we have done and do for a living, just terrible. Trying to fill, trying to fill space. You're, you've on, got try, a great pep talk. Trying there. to fill space. You know, you know yeah, this. I know. For years doing it. Trying to fill like two or three sports pages when there's nothing oh, going on. I know. All-Star break was just terrible. I know. That's why you usually pumped out like two agate pages. Well, <laughs> I did anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it. It was it was a strain, a struggle. I mean, those were days. It doesn't make sense. People who don't who didn't do that. I mean, we're talking newspaper stuff now. But you know, those are the days you went into the office a, a, an hour or two early. You know, right to, to scrape to, to get it get it going early and get things on pages. Right, because you're just the night. Every, every night when you're on the copy desk, when you're on the sports desk, when you're building pages, or I mean, not just sports desk, any any desk, the, the night will just stop. And and somehow, somewhere, you lose 45 minutes or 20 <laughs> minutes or whatever, and then you look up and then right. Mr. Deadline's like, Oh, yeah. You know, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm still here, baby. <laughs> you know, come and get me. And you usually do, unfortunately. So yeah, oh I know, yeah, it was bad, bad, bad week. Yeah, and, yeah those yeah. were you know when you start running you know the standings for the Eastern League and the Pacific League, yeah, just to fill the columns up. And yeah. That's you know that's what actually con- conversely, I mean, contrary to what you said, that's probably maybe when we would just go half an agate page for that reason. Oh really? Yeah, I mean because there was there was no live agate. Yeah, that's right, that's right. I would go the opposite way. And, and in just, the summer, it's only MLB. That's it's not right. Like, you know, the NHL and NBA standings can, right. can 
can you know, can fill it. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. All right, uh, we're done. We're finished. No show tomorrow or Friday because I'm not going to be here. Such a finality to That's the right. way you say it. But I'll see you next week, Mike. Enjoy in your Indiana. Weekend. In Indiana. Stick around okay. for more WCMD.